0: you define the difference between marketing and sales? Because I think that's confusing for people.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I define sales actually by Dan Sullivan's definition. I love his definition. And that is sales is getting somebody emotionally and intellectually um, encouraged to take an action that they define as good for them.
0: Hello and welcome to the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. We bring you interviews from people who have conquered the trickiest of health challenges using the Functional Diagnostic Nutrition philosophy and similar healing modalities you're going to hear from experts who have been through the ringer with their health issues and yet managed to come out on the other side. If you're interested in natural healing and or functional medicine, congrats, you are in the right place. You can always visit us at functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com. But for now, here is today's episode. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Health Detective Podcast by Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. My name is Evan Transu, aka Detective Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We are having a fan favorite guest on today, and I do mean that quite literally. Her name is Haley Rowe, and her previous episode is currently a top 10 most downloaded episode on our podcast. It is called Anyone Can Be an Entrepreneur. I will put that link in the show notes for you guys, of course, so you can check that out afterwards if you'd like. But we got uh, a ton of cool stuff to talk about today with her. She is coming on to help us focus on the business side, specifically sales today. Now, I know this is called the Health Detective Podcast, so if by chance you happen to click on this randomly, that might not fully make sense. The reason that we bring on people like this is because we have a lot of practitioners that listen, so some are our own practitioners, functional diagnostic nutrition practitioners. Others are health coaches, so we're a little different than them, but we can still help them on the business side. We have chiropractors that listen, acupuncturists. We have a really large amount of people that are in the health space wanting to develop their own business, get their skills down, whatever it might be. And so that's why we bring on people like this occasionally. So Haley's going to be talking to us again about sales today. Last time was entrepreneurship from like a 30,000-foot view. And then as an added bonus, if you are listening to this within, I would say, uh, about the first week of it coming out, you still have an opportunity to catch her next live event with FDN, which is going to be where she talks about how to grow your health coaching business or your FDN business on LinkedIn so I think this is pretty interesting because I know that there's power to LinkedIn I actually deleted my account for the longest time and I'm, I'm considering getting it back on because I think there's probably huge validity there I just hate how freaking generic it, it is I mean I'm uh I'm in my 20s so when I hear these when I go online and I see the posts from some of my friends from college I love you guys to death but It is just like, what is going on? It's all the same stuff. It's like, I am so proud and happy to announce, yada, yada, yada. I'd like to thank my friends and family. I just, I'm not cookie cutter like that, man. Um, It's all the same thing. I could plug and play it, but you know, sometimes you got to just play the game, right? So Haley knows what she's doing with that. And if you want to play that game to develop your business, that is the person to go with. So I'm going to get back on LinkedIn. She convinced me and uh, we're doing a full training with her for our summer open house event. So that'll be my last little announcement here. If you don't know what our Summer Open House event is yet, it is the entire month of June 2023. We have over 20 live events scheduled for health practitioners or people that want to become health pra- health practitioners. And that is where Haley will be talking about the LinkedIn stuff. So go to fdntraining.com summer to get registered for that. That's fdntraining.com summer to get registered for that. It is a free event. Scroll down to the bottom of the page to see the location and time for when that event's going to be occurring. Um, If you'd like the recordings of those events, we do have a paid version. It's fdntraining.com slash VIP. That's fdntraining.com slash VIP. That is to get the recordings, but fdntraining.com slash summer gets you all of the stuff completely for free. You just have to attend the event live. All right. With all that said, here's a little bit about Haley before we get started. She is a marketing and sales coach slash consultant and LinkedIn lead generation service provider. She helps health coaches and functional wellness professionals build their client attraction process, develop their no brainer offers and grow their impact locally and online. She shares her F.A.S.T. framework, that's an acronym which we'll talk about today, marketing and business tips on her Health Coach Nation podcast and in her free Marketing Hub Facebook group. She's been named as one of the top 25 coaches in Chicago and one of the top six business podcasts for health coaches. Since 2010, Haley has worked in the coaching industry and in business development slash marketing for startups. Haley's philosophy is this, you can have an amazing service and impact to make, but without a strong mindset and sales and marketing plan, your business will remain a hobby. Ooh, that stings a little bit, but hey, that's what entrepreneurship has to be sometime. If you can override the sting on the other side of that is a really great business waiting for you, and we're going to talk about that today. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. All right. Hello there, Haley, and welcome back to the Health Detective Podcast. How are you?
1: Thank you. I am doing well. How
0: are you doing? I can hardly remember a time I was better. Thanks for asking. I think I hit you with that the other day too. So it's a little cheesy when I do it twice in one week, but um, it's true. I I really am always doing well. So I'm I'm very thankful to be able to say that for right now. With that said, though, I hope everyone else is doing just... If you're doing half as well as me, you're doing pretty good if you're listening to this. But we wanted to bring Haley back on for a couple of reasons. She will be a part of our summer open house event. And actually, this will be released in time for that. So I'll make sure it is. So let's just... Let's touch on that topic really quick, if you don't mind. So it's fdntraining.com slash summer. If you miss her event, it's fdntraining.com slash VIP. So you can catch the recordings. But what will you be talking about there on our summer open house event?
1: I will be talking about how to attract profitable partnerships and clients using LinkedIn, the low maintenance platform, I call it.
0: Cool. Very cool. And today we have an entirely uh, different topic. We're going to be, I think we called it almost like confidence in in sales, right? Is that how we would describe it?
1: Oh yeah. Sales confidence.
0: Okay. And so I know you guys, if you were just someone who actually listens to the intros, you kind of would have heard about Haley a little bit, but since it is so different than our normal person, because we, we have business people on, but a lot of the people are also, um, they're health coaches, right? And, and they have these extreme health stories, typically speaking. So just in case these are people who skip my intros, and I don't know why they would do such a thing. Uh, can you give us a brief on your background again? Uh, just what, what are you doing? Why do you teach this stuff?
1: For sure. I am a marketing and sales coach and consultant and a LinkedIn lead gen service provider for wellness professionals. And specifically, I've worked with a lot of FDN practitioners. Mm -hmm. And they are amazing at what they do. But sometimes when it comes to the sales piece, they get a little nervous about how do I put myself out there? How do I not sound pushy? Um, What about everybody's going to think my pricing's too expensive? So these are things that you have to navigate as a new business owner and sales is definitely a new skill that a lot of times new business owners don't have quite yet. And sometimes even established business owners don't have a sales system or have gaps in their sales process. So, Um, I got into working with these wellness professionals because I used to do um, marketing and be on a business development team for wellness startups. And I loved it, Um, but I love even more working individually with these wellness-based business owners and how to attract clients, get visibility opportunities, establish their business foundations and messaging, all that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff uh, as they want to make their impact.
0: Very cool. And this is something... My gosh, if you guys even listen to every other episode, I talk about this all the time. So I'm so happy to have you back today because I more talk about it conceptually. You're going to give some tangible things that we can use today because I see this coming up so much and it kind of breaks my heart. I see a lot of people that get into this space because they had health issues and because their their heart took them into the health side. But then they realize, oh, wait, to do this in the most effective way possible, most people are going to have to do this in a business format. That's probably your quickest route to success. But then they say, wait a second. They don't literally say this, but in their head, they're saying, wait a second. I wanted to be a health person. I I don't know anything about business. And then, yeah, I got to do sales and marketing. I can't even define those things. So Mm -hmm. how am I supposed to do this? And the truth of the matter is I have seen so many people take that leap, learn those skills and actually dedicate themselves to it in the same way they dedicated themselves to figuring out health. So guys, yeah, it's scary in the beginning. It's intimidating. There's no doubt about that. Um, And it never really gets 100% comfortable. At least I'm not there yet. And I've been doing sales for nine years in some way or another, but it's a muscle. You get stronger with it. It gets a little easier to activate it over time. And it is something that can be learned and there's a real skill to it. So I think uh, what I'm excited for today as well is at the end or maybe middle end, we'll talk about the sales systems potential because I was always someone that they considered a salesperson, quote unquote. And, and what do people really mean by that? They just mean that you maybe are extroverted and have some level of charisma. That's not a sales system. That's a, that's a person who is extroverted and has charisma. That yeah. that might be a little more prone or. Uh, That person might be more prone to selling, but that doesn't mean that you have a consistent system that you can duplicate for someone else. So uh, this stuff matters. Yes, you can be an introvert. Yes, you can be shy. This can all be done. So uh, let's break it down simply for people just in case they are new to this stuff and they're intimidated. First, how do we how do you we don't have to do Webster's here, but how would you define the difference between marketing and sales? Because I think that's confusing for people.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So I define sales actually by Dan Sullivan's definition. I love his definition. And that is sales is getting somebody emotionally and intellectually um, encouraged to take an action that they define as good for them. So when we talk about coaching, which is what you guys do with your students. I really see sales as it's a partnership conversation with you and the potential client, and you are seeing what they want and need and seeing if you can deliver that, seeing if you guys are a good fit and helping them come to a decision. So, I think a lot of people automatically freak themselves out about sales because they think it means you're asking somebody for money, you're pushing somebody to make a decision, you're begging somebody, you're trying to quote unquote convince people, which it is none of that. It is a conversation with open ended questions, hearing your potential client or prospect and seeing what makes sense to solve their problem and helping them come to some kind of decision, whether it's a yes. No, a referral to someone else who would do a better job. But the point is you are on a you're kind of like a detective and you're trying to figure out what is the best best next move for this person and what do they feel is the best next move for this person. So that's what sales is. But marketing is everything that leads up to that conversation. So <laughs> That's the part where you're going to be connecting with new people. That's the part where you're going to be nurturing people and telling them your story or helping them understand what you do and why you do it. Um, That's the part where you are inviting them to uh, get quick wins from you up front, either through a lead magnet like a freebie or um, your your free webinar or whatever, um, or inviting them to that sales phase if they've, you know... Indicated an interest um, to go to that next phase. So marketing is really more so the stuff that has to happen before the sales conversation to help somebody understand what's possible for them and, you know, get an interest, get them to raise their hand that they are interested in the kind of solutions you provide. And then the sales part is helping them come to some kind of decision.
0: I think this is perfect, especially if someone has never heard about this. It's like, okay, so sales is this, marketing is everything that leads up to that. That's actually a great way uh, to put it. I've never heard marketing put that way, but now I'm going to start explaining it to people like that. And so just to be clear then, when we're talking about these definitions, so what I didn't hear in sales definition is lying, cheating, stealing, manipulating, or anything like that. So sales is actually an ethical thing where you solve someone's problem, assuming that you're qualified to do so. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Yeah, it's actually the way I like to think about it is if somebody has a problem or a challenge they've been dealing with and they've been spending time, money, exhaustion, emotional expense on this issue and they've been searching for an issue, it's your duty to offer them some kind of solution. So, again... If your solution really isn't the right solution for them, of course, don't manipulate them and tell them that it is. But at the same time, a lot of times what they need is support, accountability, finding the root cause of their challenge, et cetera. And you guys as you know, wellness professionals can do that. So yeah, no manipulation needed. However, I will say that a lot of times I see people think that if somebody has a limiting belief or objection, like for mm-hmm. example, If somebody says, oh, I want to do this, but I need to wait until my child's soccer team ends this summer, (laughs) you know, Um, that is not necessarily them saying they don't want to do it and that you should just say, oh, okay, well, let's catch up at the end of the summer. We do want to explore objections with people. So in other words, you're not forcing them. You're not saying, well, that's wrong. That's a wrong assumption. We could get started right now because blah, 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 blah. You're not dictating something, but you do want to help somebody catch. Where are they saying, like, they might've told you earlier in your discovery call, which we call like that call you use to see if somebody's a fit for your services. They might've said earlier, like, I need to do this. I've been waiting for, you know, eight years to solve this problem, blah, 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 blah. And then later they have some comment about, you know, I got to wait till my kid's soccer, team is over. Well, okay. In that case, you as their coach have seen, has, you understand that they've been dealing with this pain and they fall into this pattern of delay. So it is your job to ask a question and inquire about that. So what I want to say is you don't, again, you're not forcing, you're not pushing whatever, but if somebody has an objection, I think a lot of times people close down and just are like, okay, bye. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) What we actually want to do is lean in and inquire and be like, interesting. Okay. so I'm hearing, you know, do you think that the plan we're going to put together is going to be super time consuming or like because we can adapt it to make sure it fits with your lifestyle and your kids soccer games and whatever. Right. So that's more of what I mean. We do want to inquire about um, certain objections they may have if they've already shared that this is what they're looking for.
0: Yeah, and I appreciate that perspective of the limiting belief because we. This is something everyone can relate to. We all walk around with these in many categories and areas of our life. Uh, you probably, hopefully, if you're watching something like this, have engaged in some conscious personal development, and by conscious, I mean intentional. Uh, you know, you weren't forced into it, and through that personal development, you probably identified some of those things for yourself. I, I was just having a conversation with um, my girlfriend and best friend. I, I separate conversation, but I love personality theory and my best friend and girlfriend actually have the same personality type. So it makes sense why I was friends with him since we were young. And then um, I found a partner in her, but they have very similar ways of thinking about things. Mm-hmm. And one of their things Haley with like money and working uh, that we've all been working through together, even as friends, cause we're all, all connected is they are under the impression that to make good money means you have to work 70, 80 hours a week. You have to be bringing the laptop mm-hmm. to the beach with the family and all these things. And wh- what you're talking about here is something that I just do with a friend. I'm like, so what, what does 70 hours do that? 40 hours doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when we start working through this and you just ask like very logical questions, Like if someone's making $15 an hour, you can work all the hours in the day that you want. You can work all 24. That's not going to get you rich, right? So then you have to acknowledge, okay, well, wait a second. So I need to be providing more value in the hours because it's not just about 70 hours because 70 hours at $15 does nothing. Um for I mean it does something I'm sorry I'm not trying to be ignorant but mm-hmm. obviously it's not getting people rich and financially stable I don't think. And so at some point then we got to say oh wait what else is there? So where did I get that limiting belief from? And it turns out with I won't say who uh, but with one of those people I mentioned their dad was actually someone who literally worked 78 hours a week, uh, still does, would bring the laptop to the beach and was hyper successful. And so they assumed and got this rightfully so as a kid. Oh, they do that. So that must be what everyone that has success does. And I'm like, we have FDNs that refuse to work more than 40 hours a week simply because they care so much about their health and they got sick working yeah. extensive hours before. And so they say, how can I provide more value in the 40 hours versus mm-hmm. just adding hours? Because you get a very limited amount of hours, we can add almost unlimited uh, value to our services and ourselves as we move on through life. So is there a time or a way, because I think this would help with the confidence thing in sales. Is there a time or a way that the limiting belief is too much and it's just not your job as the uh, business owner in this case to work them through that? Because some you can work through easily and others it's like, Oh my gosh, you need a uh, a therapist with all due respect.
1: sure, sure. Yeah. And I was just going to say that. Like, so if somebody has, if you hear from somebody like, Nothing ever works for me. I'm always like the kind of uh, person who I gotta, I gotta, you know, they they rip me off and I have to get a refund and blah blah and and a lot of they 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 and not a lot of personal responsibility. You as a coach can't always teach that, or it's not always worth teaching that. <laughs> so if somebody's very blame oriented and you're hearing a lot of they or the world or. XYZ is against me. um, Sometimes that person may not be the right fit, right? Uh, Because coaching is all about you partnering with someone and them taking responsibility and you helping them, you know, get the results. But I think that's important. I think the other thing that's important is if somebody has a, um, you know, trauma or something really serious or certain medications you're not familiar with that, you know, you would need to coordinate with their doctor and but it's way down a rabbit hole of something you've never done like totally out of disqualified you know you need to be the judge on can you really help this person so yeah i definitely think there's things that you need to look out for a lot of it though and what i want to say about sales is if you're really excited about what you sell really convicted really you know thinking that your offer is an amazing steal and you over deliver naturally, a lot of the techniques that we teach in sales and like sales psychology and your tone and all of that just naturally is going to be really good versus because like I have a client I've, I've, I teach my clients like, you know, sales, marketing, all that. And a lot of times I listen to their discovery calls and give them feedback and I have a client who's just, I could tell she's just from the moment she gets on the phone, she is so excited and she's so interested in the person on the other side. And she's not thinking about herself at all. She's more so like, I have the solve. I have the framework. I know that this is, you know, like what you're saying, we can solve this. Like, and, she doesn't even have to memorize, you know, anything or dictate anything because it's just is coming so naturally. So just a side note there is I think you're gonna and the other thing is use your emotional intelligence. Like if some if you get a gut feeling that somebody's just literally every excuse up out of the gates and they're sounding like they really don't want it, you could even say, Wow, it, it sounds like maybe this is something you don't want. And you can even clarify that. Because yeah. sometimes you'll find that when you do that, people are like, wait, no, no, no. But, and then they'll say what they're really thinking. Right. But, um, yeah. So just a side note there.
0: No, no, no. And that's perfect. I think one of the things we can do as not only FDNs, probably just coaches and practitioners in general that you work with is it's really important to have, in my opinion, a few things that we can offer people. So I don't even just mean lower ticket programs. Like I I have a personal rule. This is one of the ways that I feel ethical selling is I will never, ever get someone on a free discovery call that I said was free and not mm-hmm. give them something. Now, my something oftentimes is as simple, Haley, as a book recommendation. So mm-hmm. I thankfully I've done this for nine years and I'm listening to what they're saying. And you know, if it was someone that man, I'm like, they got every excuse in the book and I feel bad. I say, Hey, you know what? I got a book. I think you would honestly love, and it might help this current situation. I don't even explain it because I don't want to offend them. Right. They need to come to this conclusion on their own and I'll send them the uh, compound effect by Darren Hardy. And it's really simple. Yeah. Yeah. It cost me. It was the first personal development book I ever read. And I was like, Mm -hmm. Oh wait, a lot of the problems in my life aren't my fault, but they're my responsibility to fix. What a concept. And you'd be surprised how many people walk around. No one's ever told them that, and they've never actually thought about it. So I mean, you could change someone's life in a very positive way if you send them this stuff. Or maybe it's someone who can't afford your services legitimately, which you know you got to work through that stuff is – that might not be true, but sometimes they just can't. And then you could say, all right, here's a book for this, or maybe you have a mini course or whatever. So I think having these different offers helps too, because then depending on how bad the limiting beliefs are, you, you have something in your back pocket possibly to even help solve their limiting beliefs. And I've sent that compound effect to a handful of people over time. And it's been amazing to see some people a year later, they come back and they're like, yeah, things have been going a lot better. And now I'm really interested in your services. And these are the best people to talk to on the call now. They're locked in. They're focused. They've done that work on themselves and, and they're ready to go. And they appreciate you for helping them out and not selling them on something that they weren't ready for beforehand. And you'll thank yourself too, because they're, you don't want a nightmare client and you don't want them to be forced to do something they don't want to do, right?
1: Yeah, sometimes there's kind of like a prerequisite or pre-homework or something like that that you know, you can experiment with. So in other words, like I've had people who they really want to work together but they it is what you said before like maybe they truly can't afford it right now. Mm-hmm. And so I will give them an exercise they can go do to go, you know, start making progress towards that if it's something that they want to do or to coach them on where, like where are the gaps that you can fill in your business to start. So it's not that you're going to coach them and give them your program for free forever and whatever. But it is it is really a good point of what you're saying is like goodwill and just sharing. You know, giving results ahead of time that actually builds trust. And I've had people come back to me later and be like, "Oh wow, I solved this problem and now I'm ready to go." Right. Yep. Um, so yeah, I think that's a great tool. If somebody's not ready, give a recommendation or give a next step and. That all comes back to the same rule of helping them come to their next move or their next decision that's going to help them.
0: Sure. So then going a, a little bit, maybe more specifically on the topic of today with the confidence in sales, mm-hmm. uh, Haley and I have gotten to interact quite a few times now. And I mean, you always do an Instagram lives. Like w- whenever we do these things, I mean, you come across as like go-getter, totally confident, totally secure in, in yourself. That's hard enough for people to do. And then we're adding the selling component on top of it. Like I know how nervous some people get doing the, the podcast with me even, believe it or not. And yet, you know, now we're talking about sales, which is even tougher. It's like up there with public speaking for a lot of people. So how do we develop that confidence then specifically for the sales side? And I know we've already given yeah. some tips, but I'm sure you have maybe oh, some yeah. things that are concise. Yeah.
1: Yeah. A couple things. Number one, I think the first thing that is the most obvious is sometimes you don't feel confident in sales because you literally have no idea or structure of how, how does a discovery call work or what is what are the kinds of things you want to cover with someone to see if they're a good fit for your offer? So the first very easy thing to address is having a structure for your calls with potential clients. Now, I know not everybody does calls and I know other people have different offers like courses and maybe they do a webinar and whatever, but for most individuals who offer high ticket um, health, you know, wellness packages, It makes sense to maybe get on a call, especially if you're new. So I would say the first thing that I see that derails people's confidence is they never, they come on the call and they kind of like don't have any structure. So the first thing is you have to set the stage for the call. So this is not, you know, you don't jump on the call and just start shooting the breeze. It's, you know, hey, today we're going to talk about your goals, what you're struggling with. Um, what you've tried so far. And if it makes sense, we're going to talk about how we could work together to address those. Does that work for you? Um, And then from there, leading the call in finding out what are their dream outcomes and goals? What are their obstacles? What have they tried so far that hasn't worked? Where are the gaps? Why did they come to you? Like, what are they looking to solve? What would make it no brainer and a home run versus what are their hesitations when it comes to working with you? Recapping all of that. Then seeing if you guys are on the same page, seeing um, if they want to hear more about how you work with clients, going into that, both going into the benefits of your work with you, not just the features. That's the other thing I think that kills confidence is when you just focus on, I do you know sessions and you don't really feel confident about what you're promoting. You're just saying, I'll, I, I'll do a couple hour sessions with you in a package of 12 sessions and then... Um, the value is not really communicated to that other person. So making sure you're connecting the dots of what does this program give them in their life? And the features just happen to be a side product, meaning however many sessions you do, resources, et cetera, hearing them out on what are their questions, what is really on their mind, mm-hmm. what would hold them back from, you know, getting started, things like that, coaching on those things. And then having at the end um, a, you know, okay, either we're going to schedule a file call after you think about it, if you've already addressed what they need to think about, and they still just want to sleep on it, or they are going to sign up, and you guys are going to send the onboarding, and you set up the first session, or it's a no for right now, and you guys have come to that decision, that's totally okay, um, but then you can have the peace of knowing it's a no and move on, right? Yeah. So that's just the first thing is you need to have a general structure for your for your calls to feel confident, and and when you have that, I think you're going to feel a lot more comfortable. The second thing is um, be, being comfortable in really listening and asking open ended questions. So a lot of times, I think people get intimidated by sales because they think they need to read it directly from the script. They need to dictate a response to every single objection that has a pre pre prepared, memorized, you know, response. And the truth is, what you need to know is that there's going to be a couple things that you are, that the person's going to have to, um, you guys are going to have to align with for them to move forward. And that is product fit. So do they believe that your offer is the best thing that can help them get to the results? Uh, A you fit, like, so a trust fit, do they believe you're the best person to help you help them get there? A price and value match, meaning they see the value of this as equal to the price, and then do they have any uh, limitations that they think they're not going to follow through, or they have little things in their mind about themselves that's causing them to not move forward? So you have to check on if you want to feel confident in sales, you have to make sure that you're hitting those. You you understand the person where they're at in each of those four areas. Do they think the product is a fit? You're a fit. Um, that they're going to follow through and, you know, the price equals the value or more the the value is exceeds the price. Um, And then the other thing with confidence is just reps. So here's the deal. None of us are good at things that are brand new. Mm -hmm. And most of us are not willing to stink 100 times before we get good at something. But my encouragement to you, because I used to do actually high ticket sales calls for another coach, And also for businesses I worked for when I worked in the startup world. And so I had to put in so many reps and I had to have so many stumbles and I had to have so many times where I was like, oh, why didn't I ask them this? Or like I, you know, I totally felt like just tired by the end of that call because I didn't I wasn't really like I could have been better about listening. And so you just have to put in the reps and the repet- and and know you're going to be bad at something in the beginning. But the only way you get better is by doing these calls. And then after evaluating, what did I do well? Um, what did I maybe not do well, et cetera. And um, the last thing I want to say about confidence with sales is you have to be confident about your offer. So it is going to be hard to sell something that you feel really unclear about. And or you feel is overpriced and or you're not sold on yourself or you can't back it up with, you know, that that you also um, understand the importance of investing in yourself, things like that. So working on the offer is pretty important because we've all been really good salespeople at some point in our life with something we really believe in. You might have been to your to your spouse, you might have been like, oh my gosh, honey, we have to go to this restaurant it is so good the service is amazing the food is amazing the, and you had no problem selling that to your spouse but when it comes to your own business and your own program and your own product we get all caught up in our heads and we get all caught up on us and how we're sounding and what other people think of us and that is what makes people really nervous because they they have so much skin in the game about oh my god this is me and if they say no to this program they're saying no to me and i take it very personally but the truth is you are offering a transformational program that's separate from you and you got to keep it separate from you. And yes, you might love your work. And yes, you might be a big part of the package and the program. But someone saying no does not mean you are unworthy or you know you are did something wrong. It's just that there is going to be a certain percentage of people who just say no and who are not a fit. And that is okay. But just keep in mind, you got to be so sold on your offer that that doesn't cause you to lose enthusiasm.
0: Okay. There's so much uh, there. I'm almost i going to pick from a few different parts. A couple of things that you said kind of expand on. uh, Haley and I actually had a conversation the other day on her Instagram. Um, Definitely check her out there. It's in the show notes. And what we were talking about, one of the topics that came up was just like, the entrepreneur personality and the confidence that comes with that. And I think one of the things here that we're overlapping with is, the same type of personality that is willing to engage in entrepreneurship typically is a little more friendly to the sales side because guess what? Entrepreneurs are constantly putting themselves in uncomfortable situations. And what what I have found is, especially if we don't work on ourselves, if we don't get engage in personal development, a lot of us do kind of try to live in our little comfortable bubbles that keep us safe all of our life. Now, safety is an illusion anyway, but we, we try to do this. We want to do the routine things. We want to see the same people. We want to go to the same job. We want that predictability and you can do that and that's fine but on the other side of that predictability man that's an amazing life waiting for you there's something so much more out there waiting for you and so it it is something that should bleed over into other areas of your life it's not just oh trying the sales and i'm I'm nervous because it's new for the first time like you need to do this with everything and it helps out i just started a brazilian jiu-jitsu last year guess what That is uncomfortable, man. I've never grappled with another person in my life, and I got, like, man parts in my Mm -hmm. face now as they're trying to, like, choke you, right? It's not the most comfortable setting. But guess what? You go one time, it is awful, you're awkward, you're red in the face, you're nervous, and then you show up the second time. And then you show up the third and the fourth. Mm -hmm. And now, guess what? I'm not saying rolling is my favorite part of the week. Rolling is, like, when you basically do the sparring with these people. Mm -hmm. It's not my favorite part of the week but I know, okay, you know what, man? Worst thing that happens is this and I'm okay. I've lived. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Can I say something about two things? One, um, they have found, they they did some research and they found like with fear exposure therapy, it takes about 25 times of repeated exposure until the person can be exposed to that thing without completely being terrorized. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I think everybody here should set the goal of 25 to let's, let's even make it inevitable that you're going to rock your sales 25 to a hundred times. I would say a hundred times being willing to do it scared um, to really get good. And the other thing you just said is what's the worst case scenario. And the worst case scenario is you just feel a little awkward. You feel an uncomfortable emotion, which we're already feeling anyways in your business. When you don't have sales, you're feeling that (laughs) lack Yeah, feeling. You're going to feel a feeling anyways. So you might as well be moving forward in your business
0: and growing. I, I love that because listen, that awkwardness is going to come because either you get it on the sales calls, but you're going to win some because the flip side of what Haley said is some people will say no, no matter what. And guess what? Some people say yes, no matter what. And mm-hmm. there is a percentage of those too, And it's the wackiest thing in the world. You could have said whatever, it could be your worst sales call you've ever had, and they will pay in full and you don't know why it happened, but it they are just those types of people. Um, ironically, I'm not a person who negotiates. And people always think that because I'm in the sales that I do that. I'm the easiest buyer in the world. You tell me what it is. I'll pay full price. I'm like, oh, whatever. Like, let's just go do it because I, I've i done some research normally beforehand too. But that's just how I am. I'm just going to buy it. I already knew I was interested. I'm not here to try to pick you off $300. You said this is the price. I'm going to buy it. So. I mean, I might be screwing myself from people that I buy from in the future here. They're like, we're going to raise this guy a a few hundred dollars. But, you know, that's the point. So you're going to get some no's, some yeses. So you might as well do the calls because otherwise you're going to have to get your awkward feelings and embarrassment from the next family party when they say, how's that business going? And then for the second or third year in a row, you got to say, oh yeah, I'm still working on it. Right. So you pick your awkward and embarrassing because they both suck, but one you actually grow with and the other. That You can keep that going indefinitely, right? So um, we got to get in the mindset. That's why the personal development side is so big to all of this anyway. You have to be a person that when they want to do something is willing to try new things. I want to learn to fight. I want to learn to be able to defend myself, not to fight for fighting's sake, but I want to be able to do that. Okay, you're going to have to go through the uncomfortable process about being of being bad at something. And there's a, I'm always a walking self-help book. There's a quote that says, the master has failed more time than the amateurs even tried. And how true is that? You know, these people that are the people that you look up to, they have failed often more than we have tried. So um, I I love that. And then I guess my next thing is you talked about kind of having some structure to the sales calls. And this, I guess, indirectly relates to the confidence side. But another reason that we can do that, that I think, again, would build confidence long term indirectly, is that if you don't have a structure to each sales call, how do you know if you're getting better? Right? Right.
1: Right. So you don't know how time. to evaluate. Yeah. Because every yeah. call is so different.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, of course, each person is going to come up uniquely. But when you say a structure, do you mean like uh, like FDN, for example, gives people a base script of like eight questions that we're yeah. supposed to use every single time? So would it be something like that? Is that what you work yeah. with your clients? with?
1: Basically, yeah. I give my clients kind of a roadmap. And obviously, I give them ways to customize it to their own style. But I do think it's important to have a roadmap to hit on the main parts you need to know about somebody and what's important to them to be able to make an offer if it makes sense. Right. Um, So it's usually having to hit on the goals, the gaps, you know, like what they're struggling with, et cetera. So, but yeah, you do want to have like parts that you could review, like, because maybe you're really not so good at talking about your program when it comes time to, because you notice that you, you know, You fumble up. You don't even know what your program includes and you keep messing up on what's actually included or whatever. But like when you have certain parts you hit, you can look at each one and say, okay, did I hit these points or not? But when you go on the call and there's no structure, you're going to keep getting brain picking calls. You're just going to have people come on the calls and just be like, oh, so what do you think about this? And it's not going to go anywhere. So yeah, you definitely want structure.
0: I'd like to uh, transition a little bit to just one, like what you offer, but two, maybe even before that, uh, just it's weird because I normally do client testimonials from the health side, but I'd love to hear client testimonials from this. So do you have any, to the degree that you're able to share, do you have any obvious examples of someone that came to you and maybe they were struggling with the business side or the sales side, as is the topic today, um, and you worked with them and helped them get a, a great result? Like what's something that comes to the top of your head with that?
1: Yeah, definitely. I have had a client, so one that that comes to mind is she didn't even know what she wanted to really coach. She had a lot of talents and a lot of different certifications and a background. And she, together, we became clear on what she truly wanted to do, the impact she wanted to make, what her package looked like, et cetera. But she was super afraid of sales because she felt like originally, she said, I have to be asking people for money. I don't want to do that. And when you think of sales that way, of course you don't want to do that. <laughs> Who wants to ask somebody for money and feel like you're taking, right? Um, so she, together, we realized, she. I actually have a screenshot testimonial from her about how she realized that sales is more so coaching and serving And she was able to have her first 3K high ticket coaching package sale, her first 5K month, then she had an 8K month, and then she was making more than what she was making in her corporate job. So it's, and then I had another client who also felt like she didn't know what she was selling at all, um, recorded her, you know, we got clear on her package, of course, but then, um we were able to do some recordings of her discovery calls that I was able to listen to and give her feedback. And she was able to totally change her conversion rate before she had like people who would ghost her all the time, people who would, you know, say they were going to do it, but then drop, like say yes. And then when she sent the onboarding email, they wouldn't do it versus now she is booking clients in her private coaching um, practice and has had high ticket months and all of that kind of stuff.
0: Awesome. That's so cool. And I mean, these are life-changing numbers, you know what I mean? Cause it's so easy to talk about like millions, it's like, okay, that's not what most people are going for. They're looking to replace uh, those jobs that they don't like and have a little extra left over. and like that's stories of that. So that's pretty sweet. One thing, and this all kind of ties in before we talk about where people um, can find you and what it is specifically that you um, offer. I think people get a little, they get caught up in not knowing what to expect in sales. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is you you—you have already identified no matter how many sales or how good you get at this, some people are going to say no. So the thing is, like, people always want to know, like, the expectation. And then if they don't have one, they're thinking that any no is bad. So uh, realistically speaking, I don't know if you have uh, these numbers offhand or, or can estimate it what percentage like let's say a hundred people uh, call one of your students or even you how many people actually end up buying because I think the numbers are much lower yeah. than people think when they first get into sales
1: That's a great question. So I will say about twenty percent maybe is what you should expect. however, yep. I've had clients who they always well they'll they'll their problem will be they're not getting the calls but when they do have the calls it's like such a high conversion rate. So it depends and i I would say mine's higher. I would say a lot of my clients are higher, and I also think if you have an uh what we call like you have a business model that has like an upsell and a downsell and stuff, you can increase your own conversion rate just by having options um so it it can definitely be higher, but in the high ticket sales world, if we're talking about general stats <laughs> they and when I was doing sales calls for these coaches and things like that, the standard and what we always had talked about is is kind of around what to expect. Now, if you're pre-qualifying your calls, meaning you are only taking people who fill out your form and say they can afford it and, you know, have the look like they're a good fit from their form and they have to apply and stuff, Mm -hmm. your conversion rate actually could be really, really high because you're doing a lot of pre-qualifying up front. But sometimes I recommend if you're new to taking these calls You want to get your reps in first, so I am actually not a fan of like if you're new, I wouldn't have an extensive, you know, form that someone has to figure apply for and all that. I think like you need to get some practice in and (laughs) sell some stuff, and so I am more so about it doesn't it doesn't matter if you you know um, have you you could have a higher conversion rate for sure if you pre better, but in the beginning, I think you should just take the calls and get reps in.
0: I, I have done jobs where the thing was 40% conversion rate. I have done some that were mm-hmm. 10%. E- either way, I want you guys to think about this. 40% or 10%. Both of those are less than 50%. And I think people, because again, they're, they're used to just a normal job setting or whatever, where like, yeah, no, in your normal job, you probably have to be successful more than 80% of the time, right? Yeah. And, so they're, and I'm not saying that you're failing if you're not getting these uh, closed people right some of them you might have referred out to something else right that could be considered a form of close you just didn't close them on your thing because yeah. uh, you were doing the right thing and giving them somewhere else so my point is though I think that 20% was a really fair number to list off and say guys that means four out of five people that you get on a call to talk to will not buy the program so you you need to accept that and realize that when you get into sales and I think that actually will build their confidence if they know yeah. oh wait wait Evan even, only does one out of 10. Sometimes Haley was at a point at one point when she was only doing one out of five. And they're maybe looking at us as more confident with the sales side. Yeah, that's, that's normal. Like not everyone's just going to like flock and do this. Otherwise everyone would do it. Um, So you need to know those numbers. And when you start tracking them better, one, you can see if you're improving over time. Uh, But two, you can also just kind of get a feel like, all right, this is just normal. So if I know, if I've done a hundred calls and I know 20 people bought, cool. If I do a hundred more calls, probably 20 are going to buy. And what's so funny is, and you've probably experienced this a million times. Isn't it hilarious that if you do enough, it always averages out, but like sometimes you get 10 dry and then, 10 or on and you're like, yeah, Yeah. baby, it's a great week.
1: (laughs) It's very cyclical and it can be very easy to base your confidence on if people are saying yes or no to you. But the truth is that's what kicks you in the booty as far as you showing up confidently, consistently in your business and on your calls. Because I've seen people like get a couple no's and then be like, oh, you know, they feel this low in their business and then they're not confident on their calls or they have like bad energy and then they're not trying as hard and then they take a break for three weeks to recover from the rejection. Like, you know, you can't let that stuff get to you. And it's a mental sport learning how to be an entrepreneur. Um, but I will say you can have a definitely a higher conversion rate than that. But I think what you said, you should go in with a low expectation so that you're like woohoo, are <laughs> you close? Because that keeps your spirits like aligned. And when you're feeling that way, you naturally are more captivating to people. Um, and there was one other thing I wanted to say about what you just said. Oh, tracking the the numbers. You're going to find you're going to have a certain number of no-shows. You're going to have certain numbers of, um, may- like you're going to find you have maybe a, f- a certain amount of time from when somebody meets you to when they actually sign yes. up on average. So we call that like, what's the sales cycle? Um, So tracking that kind of stuff can be really awesome. And it also gets you out of, as you said, taking things personally and like being emotional about it, more so focused on the stats and just say, how can I improve my conversion rate and my prevent my ghosting rate (laughs) and all that kind of stuff.
0: Right, it's this ability and skill actually to like remove yourself emotionally uh, from the outcomes and stuff, and not go. My gosh, at the very least, involve yourself positively emotionally. Don't go onto the call all negative. That's the worst thing that you could do. There was this um, phenomenon they actually taught me about um, when they uh, when I did car sales at eighteen. The sales managers would say every time, "What's the best time to sell a car?" And it'd be after you just sold one. And what you would watch was Saturday was always a busy day. The people that didn't sell anything, like if I had a bad week, I didn't sell anything. The people that sold one usually sold three or four. It was like back to back to back. And it was different people every week. It wasn't just like one or two people were dominating that. And you're like, how does this happen? Well, their their energy is different. Their confidence is different. So don't allow a few bad calls to screw you up. And also have faith in those numbers because there's laws (laughs) of averages. So again, if you know that, again, making up the number one out of five purchase and you're 10 calls in for the week and you know, maybe four haven't purchased, you say, okay, cool. That's just the four that don't purchase. No worries. And you can actually rejoice and say, my two are coming. You know, yeah. they're coming up really soon. They're going to be oh, here.
1: Closer, oh, Yeah. And yeah. not putting so much weight on every individual you book a call with. I see a lot of people <laughs> thinking like this one has to be the one because maybe they're not booking a lot of calls. And so then they're like freaking out. And so then they're like, this one has to be the one, but then you're not doing your job. With sales, because you're so focused on like, oh, this heavy weight of I need this client to say yes. So you want to get out of that place. You want to be having a lot of opportunities. You know, a lot of things going on in your business. Be creating those opportunities so that you're not just putting so much weight on one or two people.
0: Yeah the um, the last thing I'll say about what you said because you talked about pricing and stuff too. I I still do this to myself to this day, just so I always am staying in the right place mental health, not mental health, mm-hmm. wise, <laughs> um, mentality-wise is what I'm looking for. I'm hoping I'm right mental health-wise. <laughs> but if someone like in our business, we sell packages right now at the time of recording this between like 3,300, 4,500, sometimes even a little higher. When someone buys that package and it's one call and they just close mm-hmm. out and say they bought, bought it, I'm like, well, would they have paid 4,600? <laughs> like, what if I said 47, maybe 48? Like would that really have been the difference? Because this person said yes right away. And so I think, I mean, this is, I'm not the expert like Haley is, but this is a way that I build confidence with it that I'm saying, okay, they instantly just said yes to 4,500. You're telling me 46 would have been the make or break. And then you kind of wonder, well, how much of a difference there would there have been? And now I'm not suggesting we just charge needlessly, but I'm also suggesting how arbitrarily sometimes we come up with our pricing and we allow our limiting beliefs to be our price. And it's like, no, they're happy to pay that man. They want to work with you. You're the one under charging for what you're doing. And, you know, maybe just start $100 at a time, go up $100 each sale until you really start getting those. And then, you know, you've kind of hit your cap of what it's worth. But uh, I have found that helps. Do you have any anything like that? Or do you agree with this?
1: Yeah, I think with pricing, first of all, we don't even call it pricing. It's an investment in coaching, right? Because they're investing, right? So the other thing, though, with pricing is you want to pick a price that allows you to feel like you are over delivering, but not like you're gonna resent this because you're so undercharging and you know, it's you're just gonna be exhausting yourself for this client and whatever. And you also want it to feel a little bit out of your comfort zone so that you will be rising to the occasion. You will feel like, ooh, I, you know, really gotta show up for this. So you want to pick that price kind of in that sweet spot. And for everybody starting out, it's at a that's a different number for them. And you're so right that it is totally arbitrary. There are coaches who charge, you know, hourly session rates, which I'm not a huge fan of, or there's, there's coaches who charge $25,000 for, you know, six months coaching, maybe. Right. So it's kind of crazy. Right. But the key is you got to think about your market. You got to think about the value of the outcomes of what you offer. You have to think about your experience and, 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 you know, what you feel confident saying out loud. Cause if you feel super awkward saying it out loud, the person on the other end is going to feel that for sure. Yes. Um, so I kind of like your idea to ladder, meaning pick something, just line up with it. And then as you get more confident with that and you know maybe you're undercharging, increase it. I definitely didn't start at the rates I am at today in my program. I had a, Originally, I did a test group that was pretty, uh, it still cost money because I wanted people to really pay attention in the test group and not just like not show up and all of that. Um, But it was significantly lower than what I charge today. But it gave me the confidence to realize, oh, wow, I can actually do this. I can close a sale. I'm going to keep, you know, I know and my program started to evolve and get more valuable. And so um, naturally, you'll just raise your price when you feel you're ready for that.
0: I like that wording attached to it, laddering. It's like, okay, cool. Start with the thing that you're obviously comfortable with, that isn't so undercharging that you're not delivering a good service now, because that's kind of stupid too. And then again, what's a, what's a hundred bucks on a two thousand dollar package? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, that probably wouldn't have been the no. And then you know, you keep doing that, and all of a sudden, it builds the confidence uh, slowly and steadily. And so that can happen. Um, okay. As we're getting to the end of our time here, we'll finally work this in. I want to know if one of our practitioners is listening. I mean, you've already worked with FDNs. I'm not asking you to give away your secret sauce, but what would be the structure of what it would look like uh, to come and work with you? And Haley, I also know that we're just talking about sales today, but again, you do marketing and sales and some other things. So Mm -hmm. um, I just want to make sure everyone's clear about what you do and what it would look like to work with you.
1: Yeah, so I customize, but I have a general kind of framework that I share that kind of communicates some of the things I help clients with and it is Grow Your Business the Fast Way. It's an acronym and it stands for followers, action, sales, time management, and transformation. So with followers, it's who are you looking to attract? Where do they hang out and planning? How are you going to reach those people every week and be nurturing them and leading to more discovery calls or whatever you're trying to lead to with your sales process? The action piece is how do you create content and messaging and an offer that is compelling enough that people want to take action, they want to reach out to you. So helping you with your content, helping you with your local marketing pitches if you're trying to do speaking, things like that. Sales is how do you lead your discovery calls, what we talked about a lot today and your sales process and what's your upsell and your downsell and how do you price anchor and all that kind of stuff. Time management is um, obviously where do you spend your time? Because a lot of people feel overwhelmed about what should they be doing as a business owner to be generating clients And then transformation is two things. The personal transformation required to get to your business goals. I'm a certified um, behavioral change specialist and human potential coach. So some of that life coaching might come into play if you have a huge mindset block. But some of my clients don't even have that. They're just like, give me the strategy and we can do that. And the other part of transformation is making sure the point A to point B of your program is very clear. You have something that differentiates yourself You have testimonials and social proof you can use in your marketing to make it easier. So those are the kinds of things that I work on with clients. And if anybody is curious about that, they can go to HaleyRowe.com slash client um, attraction, client hyphen attraction, and or HaleyRowe.com slash sales hyphen journal, because I have a free, um, both of those are free gifts. The first one is going to teach you my four basics of client attraction and kind of help you go do the marketing part before you Mm -hmm. get the sales calls. And then the sales journal is more prompts to help you generate your next sale. So that's where I'm at. I have the Health Coach Nation podcast as well and the Marketing Hub Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash the Marketing Hub group. And thank you for asking that question.
0: Yeah, of course. We'll have that all in the show notes for you guys. I can't recommend Haley enough. And so uh, thank you so much for coming on today. Normally I finish with our signature question, which is what would we get the guest or sorry, what would the guest get everyone in this world to do for their health? Um, so I will change it up today and say, if you could get every business owning FDN out there to do one thing for their business, what's the one thing you'd get them to do?
1: Ooh, I love that. <laughs> I would say willing, more willingness to fail. And more willingness to dare yourself. So give yourself a dare of, I don't know, um, posting about your business if you haven't already or pitching yourself to that podcast opportunity even though you think that's a stretch or whatever. But I think we need to be more willing to just go put ourselves out there rather than just consuming, consuming, consuming information and not doing anything with it. So that'd be my answer. And if it was for your health, I just want to say this. (laughs) nature walks you know i I'll love it. <laughs> I <solve laughs> nice. all my problems on my walks so
0: that's, that's very cool all right thank you so much again for joining us
1: thank you